this. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Every Christmas that became a tradition. In fact, it's still a tradition. I'm still a big kid. We got the DVDs, and we set our kids down, and we watch it every Christmas along with a couple other classics. And they kind of look at me and <laughs> with with that, and you're like, "What? What is this all about?" <laughs> you know, the graphics are so different than what kids experience nowadays. But it's that it's that Christmas that Christmas story. And if you're familiar with that, how many of you used to watch that as a kid or still watch it? Uh, you remember as they as they first go out to get the tree. I just love it because it's you know Charlie Brown often typifies exactly who we are as humans going through the Christmas spirit. You know what is Christmas or Christmas uh, holidays? What is Christmas all about? And at one point you know they, he he gives out the oh that's just fantastic you know. And a lot of times that's how we feel around Christmas. We get wrapped up in all the traditions. We get wrapped up in all the stress. We get wrapped up in all the pressures, and it seems like time is is kind of escaping us, and it comes a point to where Christmas is like, wow, this is just fantastic, right? And, and I hope that, that this Christmas is different. I hope we can capture it, because we're going to look at a couple things. Uh, we're going to look at the Christmas story from yet a different perspective and just talk about, um, talk about Christmas as we, in the next few weeks and then culminate it with talking about Jesus on Christmas Eve. So I pray that you would just lean into uh, these messages as we talk. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 2, I want to revisit the uh, the passage of scripture that Linus read there, and that um, and uh, just kind of draw draw our attention to that. I'm going to read from the ESV. You might have an NIV, or if you didn't bring your Bibles, grab the one out of the back of the pew in front of you and and follow along. And let's take a look at this. Uh, in verse eight, it says, and we're going to read through verse fourteen. It says, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. As we read this, and the perspective I want to look at, we're going to look at through this holiday season is, is about the glory of God. We've been really trying to shift our attention, our focus as a ministry to 
to what we're all about is giving God his glory. When we get that vertical right, the horizontal is going to work out, right? Uh, it's just kind of like the Ten Commandments. When you look at the Ten Commandments, the first half of them focus on the vertical relationships. And when we get that vertical relationship, then the horizontal comes into effect, right? If we're, if we're uh, in line with God, if we're in tune with God, if we're honoring him, if we're giving him his glory, if he is first place within our lives, if he is in control, if he is ultimately the one that, that we look to to lead us and direct us and that it's all about him, uh, it's not going to be hard to not sleep with our neighbor's wife, right? It's not going to be hard to, well, it's not going to be hard to not lie. And, and th- those are, yeah, not lie and to, uh, and, to, and to get the horizontal part correct. But a lot of times what we do is we're off trying to focus on the horizontal because the horizontal becomes, kind of becomes the B part, right, or the do part. And we miss this B part. When the being's correct, the horizontal comes. When the B part is right, the doing happens, and it happens correctly. It's putting things into proper perspective. And so this Christmas season, what I want us to look at, and we're going to look at today, is giving God glory. It's giving God our highest praise, our highest glory, and what takes effect. Now, what's very interesting, if you're not familiar with it, you may be familiar, but to, to give some context or some background to this passage of Scripture, you know, as I was reading it for uh, earlier to begin to prepare for these messages, and CJ and I have been talking a couple things popped out to me, and one of the things as we got to looking at was very interesting. Did you know that during this time, this is I think this is very interesting, um, th- this angel comes and he says, glory to God in the highest, in verse 14, on earth, peace, peace, we got it right here, peace, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What's very interesting, at, at this time, the emperor, the emperor was Augustus, right? It tells us that, I think over in, uh, yeah, verse 1, uh, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Um, this 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 um, Emperor Augustus, are you? I don't know if you're familiar with this, but his big thing, his decree was peace on earth. That was his thing, peace among mankind, peace. The emperor, that's what he declared, peace among mankind. We want worldwide peace. We see that majorly disrupted and interrupted by Herod, right? Who definitely wasn't about peace. He was so wrapped up in himself, he was so wrapped up in his identity that he felt very threatened when people started talking about this king of the Jews coming, this king Jesus, this, this king coming. And he was very threatened and to the point where he, the decree came out where he wanted all the kids, to and un, all the male children to and under to be put to death. That's not peace at all. But yet Augustus, the, the Augustus said, I want worldwide peace. Do you find it interesting that you have Man saying peace, and then you have the angels coming to say God is orchestrating peace. Man's focused on peace with one another. God's coming and saying, I'm going to offer peace between you and me. Huge difference, but the implications are extremely powerful. So the angel comes, and the shepherds were scared, right? We read that the shepherds were scared. Um, as we probably would because, um, well, not because, but I, I think I would be somewhat frightened if uh, even today, if an angel appeared and started talking to me, I would, <laughs> I, I think it would be a little bit frightening at first. Um, oftentimes within the context of the scripture, when some celestial being or angel appeared, usually it wasn't good news. Usually something else was taking place and people feared for their lives. And so it's probably not coincidence that one angel appeared to them, just one, 
the heavenly host didn't come until right if you read that scripture the way it proceeds the one angel came the one angelic came, being came and and he gave this 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 news this great news um that uh the 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 there's something that's that's taking place here. There's something happening. The shepherds were scared, and then after he delivered this news, or while he was delivering it, suddenly the host appears. When I was reading this, just my humanness, I was thinking, why is it that the angels were so excited? Salvation didn't really belong to them. Salvation, we read in the Scripture in the New Testament, salvation doesn't extend itself to the angels. If the angels are fall, if they become fallen beings, they don't have the opportunity to, to seek or receive salvation. So why is it that this message would have excited these angels so much? They come and they're saying, glory to God in the highest. We've got this incredible news. Could it be that, as we got to studying this, could it be that these angels, catching a glimpse of what was taking place, they have resided with Jesus from the very beginning, correct? They knew who Jesus was. They saw Jesus create the world. They saw Jesus create everything. They saw this intimate relationship that Jesus has with God as Jesus is part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These angels had a glimpse of what was coming and they were absolutely ecstatic because they were saying, God's plan is unfolding for you. God's plan is absolutely going to develop out here to where you no longer, man no longer has to be separated from God. Man no longer is going to be an enemy for God, but salvation is coming to you. And they were extremely excited. The, the shepherds, it made them tremble, but afterwards as we read, and we'll get into this in this whole series of I Believe, is that the shepherds went away praising God. They were astonished. They were praising God. You see, that's what happens when we truly come into the presence of God. When we understand and we give God His glory and His praise, we are changed beings. But I find it very interesting when you look at the angels and you look at their interaction with the shepherds and the whole angelic hosts came and was just probably filled the sky with this celestial, this celestial presence delivering this incredible news that God is going to give peace to man, not just with one another, but God is going to give peace to the relationship between man and God. Now there is a way for us to have this relationship with God. And it's very interesting what the shepherds did. They were scared. And they bowed down. And they humbled themselves. It's a sign of worship. It's a sign of, of, of surrender. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign that says, I'm not at the top of the food chain right now. Isaiah had that moment when he entered into the presence of God. Woe. Woe is me. I'm in a place where I shouldn't be. I'm standing before the holiness. The holy of holies. No one grander than God. Moses had it at the burning bush. John had it on the Isle of Patmos. We read various times where people come into the presence of God. One of the ones that I really... I think it's kind of comical, but it really demonstrates the authority of God even when he was here on earth. When Jesus, Remember the whole story when Jesus was in the garden and the, and the soldiers came and they pushed in on him and they asked, where is this Jesus? And he said, I am he. And what happened when he said, I am he? They all fell down. 
kind of comical in a sense. It's like you think, okay, Jesus is like, okay, hang on a second. Let me reel this back a little bit, right? I am he, and they all fell down. Because, they, because the presence of his voice, his presence came out. You see, that's what happens when we're in the presence of God. Our adoration should absolutely shift. Our worship should just absolutely shift to the point to where it's like, I am in the presence of God. That's why I think when we come into, when we come into a worship service together, it's not about whether I like this or like that. And we've talked about that before. And that's not the soapbox I want to get off on. Uh, but, but, or get on, but here's the issue. When we come in in a worship service, it's not about me. It's about giving God His praise and glory. He's the God that heals cancer. He's the God that removes cancer. He's the God that heals relationships. He's the God that mends marriages. He's the God that raises the dead. He's the one that is the creator of this world, and He's given me access to Him. And all I can do is bow down before Him we, um, I think it was in a staff meeting. I was sharing this a little bit earlier today. I think it was in a staff meeting. We've been, I, I've told you this before, we've been going through this study called Vertical Church. And essentially, it's basically is, is just that. It talks about how we get so wrapped up in the horizontal um, and we need to stay vertical. We need to keep our focus on God, you know, keep the vertical part, giving Him His glory. And so within that, I, I believe it was in our staff meeting we were talking. Uh, someone uh, talked about something that they read. I think it might have been Pastor Keith or someone was talking about, um, where is Pastor Keith? I just saw him. He's over here. What? It was either you or someone that had read a book where you were talking, there was this guy that every time he prayed, he lifted his hands high in the air. Do you remember I was talking about that? He, li- he lifted, was that you that read the book? What book was that? imagine that if you didn't hear if you didn't hear that it was about an individual that every time he prayed he would just he, he was in this posture of just giving God his ultimate glory understanding who he was but just giving God his glory and when he died when they when they started looking at his body his heart from from praying so much like this his heart literally physically shifted within his body and also when they looked at his house they found his place where he prayed, and in the, 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 the wood where he kneeled all the time was indented from his weight, his knees, just being constantly in prayer. That's what it means to praise God. That's what it means to give God his glory. We're coming in the presence of God, and we're saying, God, I'm, I'm not all who I should be here. God, I'm not at the top of the food chain. God, I'm not number one. You're number one. And you're in control. And so a couple things I want to share with you today is this is next thought that says this. Whenever I give God the highest glory, he gives me the deepest peace. You've probably heard this before. You've probably heard it said in different ways. The higher we go vertically, giving God his glory, the broader we can go within the ministry of a church because we've got this part correct. And the higher we go, the broader we can go. But in our personal lives, the higher I go giving God his glory, the deeper his peace comes in to the, to the internal parts of my life, into the fabric of my life. The higher I can take my glory to God, giving God his glory, the deeper I can experience his peace. Guys, some of you in here this morning, it's what you're looking for. In fact, I would say that every single human is looking for that. 
It's something that all of us is searching for. We've talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about this when we went through Ephesians. And we talked about who do you think you are. We talked about that, that that's what we're all searching for. The problem is we try to find that in places that doesn't give it. And when we put that in a different, uh, we put our focus of giving God his glory, our praise or our worship, we, we, um, we, we make an idol out of it. Because there's only one person that can provide that, and that's God himself. The question becomes then, whatever I give God, whenever I give God the highest glory, he gives me the deepest peace. The question becomes then, what is glory? What is glory then? Because that's what that thing, you know, I don't know about you, but that's what, I, that's what I'm desiring. I'm desiring the deepest peace. I'm desiring this peace that just comes in to the very interior of who I am, the interior of Gale, which cuts through the things that I even, that I think. Because I don't know about you, but as a human, I don't think right all the time. Don't amen that either, okay? I don't think right all the time. How many times have you gotten on your knees and prayed about something, and then months later, you, you kind of look back and you think, God, thank you for not answering that the way I prayed. Because you didn't see all the ramifications. You didn't see all the implications of what you were asking for. You didn't see all the details of that particular situation. But when you got on the other side, and when God answered that prayer, or God moved, or God did something, lined up some things, you think, oh my goodness, God, you are so in control. And God, I give you your glory. So the question is, what is glory? What is glory? If I want this deepest peace, then what is glory? Glory is, 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 is one of those things, and we could probably, I mean, we could spend a lot of time just throwing out things of what, of what glory is. But glory is like praise. Glory is like I'm giving God his glory. I'm recognizing who God is. I'm giving him the weight of who he is. He is God. It's, it's, it's taking everything that we have, our attention, and giving it to God and, 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 and praising him and worshiping him, giving him his worth understanding that he is the creator of this world, that he creates life, that he creates everything, that I can only find contentment and fulfillment in life through him. It's bowing down before him in surrender to say, God, you're God, I'm not. And it's recognizing that. And that's just some of my perspective of how to give glory. I mean, we could spend all day in here talking about what does it mean to give God his glory? about acknowledging who he is as well it's about acknowledging that god is the ultimate you know acknowledging his attributes and saying that i acknowledge who you are and i am not that nor will i ever come close to being that god you are so holy you are so glor it's whatever's really in your crosshairs of what you think is going to bring the deepest peace in a sense so the question then becomes, what do I elevate? Because there's a lot of times as we talked, and we talked, and if you were here during the series, Who Do You Think You Are? When we talked about that whole series, and again, I, I said it earlier, but I want to say it again. Whatever's at the center of your mind, what is there, whatever's at the center of your attention, whatever it is that you give the most attention to is going to be what you elevate, Okay. If you think you're, you know, like when we start talking about this peace, this deepest peace, 
When we start talking about this restlessness that we can have inside, when we start talking about deep, deep, deep down inside of us, there's things that are off and we know we're not happy, we're not full of joy. It's this thing in here where we identify and we say, if I could, and maybe that's a better way to answer the question, what do I elevate? What is it that you would say, if I could just change this, everything would be great? Some of us would say, well, if I could just change my job, and what can happen then, what we place our career or, you know, maybe the thing that we make to be an idol, where we say, if I can just control this, if I could just change this, then everything would be okay. Everything's not going to be okay. It's just another thing. It's another thing that we have in our lives that does demand our attention because that's how we, some of our well-being comes about, right? But it's a job. It's a, it, could be your, it could be a hobby that you have, whatever it is. If we don't spend time truly thinking about what it is that we elevate, we can begin, we, often we give that our full attention. It could be our identity. It could be, it could be our personalities. It could be, it could be our, our, our husband, our, our, you know, our, our wives. It could be our children, whatever it is. What is it that you truly elevate that you're saying, well, this is what's going to give me my deepest peace? Now, a lot of us will give it lip service and say, well, it's God. Well, what does that look like then in your life? Because when you start really looking at it, does your life line up with that statement? I know that God is what's going to bring this deep peace. Okay, then what's your life look like? How does your life center around that? What is the implications of that within your life? What is it that you truly elevate? And if you would truly be, be honest with yourself, as you think about that, as you hear this morning, um, it could be something that's off and it's going to, it's not bringing you what you think it should bring. The next question to be is this, well, what is peace? What is peace? What does peace look like? I don't think peace, and you can disagree with me, I don't think peace is the absence of chaos. I don't believe that. Do you believe that? Just because there's an absence of something, that doesn't necessarily mean whatever else there is makes that true. I think peace goes so much deeper than that. I think peace is that, like I said when we talked about that, what is that, what would peace look like deep inside of me? You know, what is peace? I think peace is when you get to the point where you realize that God is God and I am deeply sustained by Him. I think peace is that sense of knowing, that sense of where your heart has shifted, where your everything, your mental perspective, your heart, everything shifts to the point to where you understand that God is the only thing that can sustain you. Your job, your job has certain implications. It certainly creates certain things. Your relationships as well. All these other things. All these other things can bring certain thing, aspects to it. But at the end of the day, peace is that one thing that, that I believe that when our, that vertical part is straight and we're in that surrendered posture before God, that's when we truly experience life like Jesus said. I'm, you know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We sing about these songs, how the shackles are going to be are gone. When God truly, when we allow Jesus to truly have control of our lives and we're completely surrendered to him, that's when we find freedom. By the way, Jesus said something else that's very interesting because I think it points to exactly what we're talking about here. He said, where your treasure is, your heart's going to be there also. Wherever your treasure is, see, that's how we can tell whether or not we're giving God proper glory. That's how we can tell if we're truly going to experience peace in the internal part, I mean, tr in the true internal part of who we are. What is our treasure? 
What is, our tr- what is your treasure? What is it that you think about constantly? What is it that your mind really just rests upon? I get that we're humans. Please, I, get, I understand that. And that is why we're talking today, right? Because it's so easy for our perspective to get off. It's so easy for us to get distracted. It's so subtle how Satan can take us down a path. And the next thing you know, we're over here. We don't have peace. We don't have joy. We don't have any of this. Why? Because our treasure is off. We don't have peace. Some of you are in here this morning. You don't have peace. Some of you sitting in here this morning do have peace. And we're just all over that, kind of scattered all over that line. And, and, and this morning, I pray that we would become individuals that we truly acknowledge what, where we get our peace. And that's through giving God his glory, and we will find his deepest peace. Now, let me ask you this question. I think it should kind of uh, keep us, keep us uh, on track here with answering all this. And the next question is this. Does the thing I'm elevating bring chaos? Uh, let's combine those into one word, okay? Pios. Do you have pios? In the Greek, when you look at the Greek, that word means peace and chaos, okay? Peace or chaos. So some of us, that's what we have. It's pios, right? It's like we're not, you know, it's like we're struggling. We're a little bit happy, but we're not. We're, we have a little bit of peace, but not deep down. So see there, it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> what is it that you're elevating? Does it, is it bringing you peace or chaos? Do you have peace within your life right now? I mean, true, deep down, deep rooted peace where you are, you, you're not unsettled. You know what I'm talking about? That, that sense of unsettled. You have that true sense of peace. Why? Because you know God's in control. Regardless of what takes place, regardless, and again, don't hear me minimizing things. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to devalue the things that we go through. But at the end of the day, regardless of what we've been diagnosed with, regardless if we lose our jobs, regardless if a relationship breaks, breaks apart, Uh, when we know that we've done all we could to keep that relationship intact, whatever it is, whatever thing we may be experiencing that just really erupts and brings chaos with inside of us, when when we know that God is in control, when you truly know, when you truly believe, I believe, I believe that God is in control, I believe that if I give God his glory, the more glory I give him, the deeper peace I'm going to find. When we truly understand that we grab this sense of peace or is it chaos in your life there's still this unsettling in you there's still this constant search there's still this restlessness there's still that next chapter within your life you ever notice how we go through it's like our lives are like a book in a sense right it's like you know well you know wait till you <laughs> wait till you graduate high school or wait till you get into high school. Well, wait till you graduate high school. Wait till you get married. Wait till you have kids. Wait till you become a grandparent. You know, it's, you're never on top of it, right? There's always someone that's over top of it. You may be saying, I'm really carrying some burdens around because I'm trying to get through college. Well, that's nothing. Wait till you reach life. Wait till you get into the real world, right? You know, it's like you just slap somebody, you know? Man, I'm kind of, I really like to have kids. Well, wait till you have kids. They're, they're going to be da 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 Well, wait till you become a grandparent. Wait till you retire. What, you know, it's like, okay, you know. It's just like almost there's like this big hand behind you just shoving you through the continuum of time and space. It's, you know, next thing you know, well, wait till you die. You know, and it's like, that's what life's all about. You just feel like you're just being pushed and you're just, you know, that's not what life is all about. It's not the next biggest and greatest thing. It's about experiencing and encountering God 
And as God moves inside of our lives, we, we give Him full and complete surrender. And because of that, we experience peace. We experience life. We see things vastly different. We see things through the eyes of Jesus. And we become part of His family and His ministry and His kingdom work. And that's when we experience true peace. So this morning, if you're sitting in here with a sense of chaos or this restlessness, ask yourself the question, what is it that I'm truly elevating? What is it that I'm truly elevating? And so then the last part of this becomes this. Do I truly believe? Again, we're in this, our whole series is I believe. I believe. I believe. Do you truly believe? Sitting in here this morning, and, and, and don't answer this question just because you're sitting in church, because in church that's all you talk about, Jesus and peace and okay give God you know it's easy to agree with everything in a church when it's you know but but do you truly believe that because when you truly believe it it means that there's action involved correct right it's not the aspirational side of things well I believe that but it's not evident within my life but I do believe that you know that that, that doesn't make sense do I truly believe do I truly believe that when I give God my highest glory I will receive the deepest peace. Do you believe that? Because if you believe it, your journey is going to look like that. It's going to look like it. There's going to be times where I get that we go through valleys. I understand that. But for the most part, your life is going to be a life about giving God the glory. Coming into a worship service, you come in with this anticipation that we're coming in with other worshipers and we're going to encounter God the God Almighty. And we're going to lift up our voices. And we're going to lift up our hearts. And we're going to surrender ourselves. And we're giving God everything that we have. And when I live my life, when I leave here and I live my life, it's not segmented. It's not compartmentalized. It's all integrated. I have Christ at the center of my life. So then, if Christ is at the center of my life, at the very center, and I truly believe that if I give him my highest glory, I will experience the deepest peace, then he is at the center of my heart. He is at the center of everything that I am. He is at the center. Therefore, everything outside of that is going to be saturated and influenced by Jesus. Where I decide to work is going to be, is going to be influenced by my relationship. Christ. The person that I marry, the person that I date is going to be influenced by my relationship with Jesus Christ. My hobbies are going to be influenced by Jesus Christ. The way I spend my money will be influenced by Jesus Christ. Everything I have, it's not compartmentalized. It's not I've got church, work, hobbies, fun stuff, family. No, it's all surrounding the perimeter of who is at the center. Therefore, if money's, whatever you're plugging in here is going to create a difference out here. Does that make sense? So we try to change it. What have we been saying through this whole, this whole past series on the Sermon on the Mount? Whatever is inside is going to come out to the outside and change the outside, affect the outside, right? If we've got Christ at the true center of our lives and we truly believe that God 
is my as a, is going to I'm giving him my highest glory. I'm going to experience Jesus peace. Then everything we're going to experience out here, everything's going to be saturated and influenced by him. There's not going to be toxic stuff coming out. It's going to be the fruit of his spirit. Love, peace, joy, hope, all those things. The fruit is going to be there. We're going to bear fruit because he is truly at the center of my life. And I'm going to experience the deepest peace. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. How do you please God? Jesus tells us, right? If you love me, you'll be my disciple. You'll obey. If you love me, you'll obey. Well, what does that mean? That means when he's at the center, I'm going to know who he is. And my life is literally going to be transformed because he's at the center of my life. And I am all about obeying his commands and knowing who he is. So this morning as the worship team comes back, we're going to uh, continue on with a couple more songs and our giving. And by the way, giving is a type, again, giving is part of our worship. You know, how do I spend my money? How do I invest my money? Am I a good steward of my money? Do I believe it, it, by being by being a follower of Christ and trying to give God all of my glory so that I can, so this flashback of this peace will just flood my soul? What does that look like the way I steward my money? Do I have this belief that it's all mine? I've worked for it. It's all mine. Or do I believe that everything that I have is a blessing from God or has been given to me by God, ordained by God, and so therefore I'm going to act in a way with everything that I have that would be pleasing to Him. Everything. Everything we do is either going to bring Him glory or it's not. The shepherds had it, right? (laughs) They experienced it. They had it. This morning, I wonder, um, as we sit in here this morning, I wonder if there are those in here that, to be truthful, I'm still at the center of my life. If it feels good to me and it doesn't hurt anybody else, we've bought into that deception, that's, that's where I'm at. Maybe today's the day you realize that I'm never going to receive what I'm looking for because I'm, I'm looking in the complete wrong direction. Maybe today's the day you're going to receive this free gift of grace and salvation, this, this intimate relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you can honestly answer that question that, that God's not at that highest point within my life. I'm not giving God the highest glory. I've got other things substituted in me. And occasionally, like on Sunday, I put God in that space. But ultimately, he's not. And maybe today's the day, as a follower of Jesus Christ, everything gets shifted for you, and things come to light, and you truly experience Jesus' words when he says, when you understand the truth, the truth will set you free. Some of you are going to walk away in here this morning free. Free. Experiencing the deepest peace that you've ever experienced in your life. Some of you are in here this morning, you get this, and I'm asking you in the recesses of your heart to pray. Because there are others that are struggling that that need to get this shift taking place. Would you please pray? But wherever you are, would you please just 
as we, as we uh, close the time here of me speaking and, and us looking at the Word of God, as we close this time, would you please just join me in, in, in prayer within your heart and your mind and just um, asking God to just have freedom within this room right now, that His Spirit would have complete freedom with each person in here this morning. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for your Word. We give you thanks that, um, that we can look to your Word and we can see and find what we're truly searching for. Father, you know each heart in here this morning. You know the ones that you're, that you're constantly pursuing because they don't have a relationship with you. But they, And you know that you, you so desperately want to flood their lives with a sense of peace and love. Father, I pray that they would surrender their hearts to you today. Father, for others in here this morning that have been struggling because we're not giving you the highest glory. You're not at that core or at that center or wherever we want to express it. It's not completely about you. I pray that your spirit would just have freedom to convict and help us to just surrender this morning what it is that's, that's keeping us tangled up. And to totally just, you know, again, just surrender our, our hearts to you. So, Father, we just want to give you our highest glory. We just give you praise this morning. We give you thankfulness and that, that we can come into your presence and speak to you. We give you great joy and we celebrate the things that you're doing in the life of Element Church, within the life of other brothers and sisters within our, within our uh, community of faith here. And so we just want to make this all about you. And again, as I pray that in our closing, our closing time here with song, that, that um, if we need to make a movement towards you, I pray that we wouldn't hesitate on that that we would uh, just continue to worship you and that lives and hearts would be completely changed. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.